Welcome back, everybody, to the Fathom Family uh, podcast. Uh, once again, back with you, and we're excited to continue a wonderful conversation that we've been having um, with Pastor Jeremy and Corey Isaacs uh, from Generations Church. They've got a wonderful new book called Your Marriage Matters that everybody needs to go out and buy a copy. Uh, and they, in our last episode, really got into their heart for marriages and just dropped all kinds of nuggets of wisdom for parenting and for marriage. Um, and, and I know you're loving that. So we're going to dive right back into conversation uh, with them. Uh, and this time, we're going to take it a little bit deeper, and we're going to talk heart stuff, uh, the heart stuff. I think uh, a lot of that heart work is really where a healthy marriage is built. You know, I, I love to use that phrase, that hard work, because it, it, it is it is hard work. It so it's kind of pulling on that. Um, but that's really where the strength happens. I mean, as good as our communication happens, as yeah. good as we get, you know, at managing our household and, you know, the responsibilities and changing diapers and disciplining kids, <clears throat> rubber really meets the road is at the heart level. <laughs> And so we just wanted to kind of jump right into the deep end here in, in this uh, episode and just say, hey, what's the what's the hard stuff that we really needed to to be getting into? And maybe the easiest way for us to get into it, a lot of times we recognize the negative first, right? We, we, we notice the negative. And so maybe that'll be an entrance into the deep end is actually saying, what are some of the kind of pitfalls, the heart level temptations or you know, uh, traps, you know, the, the, the Greek word scandal on is means offenses, but it's a trap is really what it is. What are some of those traps at the heart level that you've seen the enemy grab a hold of in a marriage or in an individual and really hold that marriage back and get healthy? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's such a, an interesting question. I think for me early on in our marriage, if you would have asked me like, publicly or even privately one-on-one like are you a selfish person like I would have said absolutely not because I was able to do all the outward stuff that signified that I was thinking of Corey or considering Corey above myself or even other people the other friendships and family relationships but ultimately like some of the sinful decisions before we got married and even early into our marriage of like really wrestling some things down came out of a selfish heart they came out of like considering only myself and considering like the things that I wanted or that I felt like I needed or, and so ultimately like going all the way back into my childhood now, like I see that some of those patterns of thinking and behavior and really the patterns of the heart just staying on theme, like they just were never broken. And, and I, that's not because the Lord couldn't do it. It's because I really ne- never gave him permission to do it. And unfortunately, or fortunately, some of those things required like really hard conversations. Some of those things really required like making really bad decisions or really wrestling down through just conversation with Corey and that like getting to the heart of those motivating factors in me, like to say, no, I, I've got to, I've got to cleanse my heart of those things by acknowledging that they exist. Like I, a part of the, the first steps for me was just acknowledging some of those those realities that I was selfish or I, I was giving into certain temptations and certain things because like I just wasn't willing to publicly admit or even really privately admit that that was a problem or that those were patterns of behavior and thinking in my mind. And so um, I think to ultimately just kind of say like, hey, this is 
This is something that I should admit. I should confess to the Lord and to my wife. Um, I should confess some of those things to myself and to some specific friends or people. And, you know, I'll dig back into that in a second. But we say all the time, like, uh, not everybody needs to know all your junk, but somebody needs to know your junk. And I, I just think I was such a private person. I was also such a people pleaser that I just refused to really let anybody into my junk. And I was trying to handle it all myself. And, you know, just to kind of continue to mix metaphors, like I was trying to juggle all the balls and there was no way to juggle all of the different things that I was trying to keep up in the air because so many of them were built on half truths or untruths or whatever, because I just wasn't willing to just be completely and wholly honest with myself, with the Lord, and then with Corey. And I think what, what really broke some of those things were again, kind of just making bad decisions that cost not just me anymore from when I was single or a teenager, but ultimately cost both of us and having to like dig into that and work through some of those things. Um, I think that was just an important reality for me was to develop, like to, to develop an awareness of my own sense of selfishness um, and, and how to process that uh, with the Lord and then, and then with my wife. Yeah. I think most of the Bible, if you read it through is dealing with heart issues of humanity, yeah. right? Adam and Eve, they sinned, life became broken, and then it was a matter of God dealing with the heart and soul of our issues. So I think when we talk about like communication being such a big thing in marriage or the number one cause of divorce is is the way we communicate or lack thereof, but the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It even deals with our heart in the way we should communicate yeah. to one another. And so I think even just indicting myself, you know, hurt people, hurt people or insecure people in like put on the other person, what they're actually feeling insecure mm-hmm. about. And I think early in our marriage, out of my own immaturity and my own insecurity, I projected a lot on Jeremy that wasn't actually him. And it was out of my lack of confidence in who I was in Christ. It was, it was some heart issues, even when talking with our kids you know, when they don't tell the truth or when it's misleading or when they say something inappropriate or over the line or whatever it is, I'll say like, that's a hard issue. Like, are you reading your Bible enough? Are you praying enough? We shouldn't speak that way. That shouldn't even be a thought. Like those are hard issues. And so I do think so much of marriage, they're hard issues. So much of what we deal with in humanity are hard issues. And so I think if we take the time to do exactly what Jeremy said, Lord, like all those places of my heart that don't reflect you, help me reveal them to me. Or when I react, even in our, with our spouse, if I react in a way, help it to reveal something to me like, okay, all right, I caught it. Like, there it is. That, that's a hard issue that it's coming from this place. Yeah. I think, you know, so much, I was going to finish the thought. I think so much of um, the word like intimacy you know, it, it, it cultures try to just make that a hundred percent about sex. And that obviously is a huge part of, of intimacy, but it's not the only kind of intimacy. And I remember as a teenager he- hearing my pastor say that intimacy is a self-defining word and it means into me. See, like you get access to all of me. You get my heart, my mind and my physical body and my emotional stability and health. And I think in, in our marriage, whenever there has been a, a conflict or an issue, it's because Corey didn't have access to all of me. Like I was, I was shielding her from some things or I was hiding some things or I was being dishonest about certain aspects of things or in her, what she just described, like those insecurities or whatever she was projecting or pushing those things on. So I wasn't actually getting to her because anytime I dig in, it would kind of come back on me. And so I think for both of us, that idea of intimacy was actually like not giving our spouse access to who we are. And, 
and a, a few, this is probably a couple months ago now, Corey just asked me one night, she said, where are you? She's like, what, 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 like there's something missing. There's something wrong. There's something. And, and she asked several leading questions and I didn't even have an answer. Like I had answered before she'd asked little questions like that, even in the previous few months, but I, I couldn't answer. And, and not everybody will get this reference, but I kind of broke out into like the Oprah ugly cry. Like you get a house and you get a car and the kids get a, like, I just started, I couldn't stop for a minute. Cause it, it really was this sense of like, there were these parts of me that just kind of broke open that I had not given her access to, but that question pierced straight through to me to go, okay, this is no longer about maybe a lack of communication. This is no longer about quality time or quantity time. This is that I have let my soul get unhealthy because I'm not letting light shine in. I'm not giving her access. My partner in life doesn't have access to, to who I am and my stresses and my fears and my hurts and my pain. And, and so even, even outside of like sin specific issues, just just access to what I'm afraid of and what I'm dreaming and what I'm hoping. Like once we had that initial conversation and then that lingered for weeks, really of me even processing some of those things out loud and more conversations, but it was ultimately like an opening again, 18 and a half years into marriage of just saying, no, no, no intimacy. Like you get to see all of me and I've kind of shielded you from some of that. And that's unfair to her but it's also unhealthy for well, me. You are pastors. We're pastors. I know not everybody listening is in ministry. There's no way though, regardless of your profession that you walk through the, the last two years, but specifically in our context in, in ministry the last two years and came out unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. We all came out a little bit more wounded, a little bit more hurt, a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more insecure. And I think doing that, doing ministry, we're very much partners in ministry. Jeremy is very much my pastor, but we, you know, we are like you all. I work at the church, um, even very like part-time, but we, we kind of do this together. Our family's kind of all in this together. And so both of us found ourselves, especially in, in ministry context, but I think you could do this in any profession, like shielding your partner from certain things or feeling like I should have, we should know how to do this when we're all learning on the fly, especially the last few years. And, and so I think at the end of the day, it kind of, you know, we kind of got through it all. And then it was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. There's some things that we just kind of got through over the last three years, like few years that actually did some things yeah, to us and yeah. we didn't deal with them well you know yeah as, as both of you guys were talking i, I got in my car um this morning uh, we've been we were on vacation last week and got in my car my check engine light came on and this idea of the check engine light kept coming up because these temptations or traps or pitfalls in our heart of selfishness things going on sometimes those go hidden for a while Right, and then Absolutely. eventually that check engine light will pop up. There'll be something. There'll be a blow up, or there'll be something. But oftentimes, even before it is, I think knowing each other, it's moments like that that sometimes, as a spouse, we are that check engine light. Yeah, that's like, good. What's really going on under that? Like something's Absolutely. not right. Yeah, I know you. I know it hasn't yeah. triggered yet. <laughs> there hasn't been a blow up. Something hasn't gone bad yet. You haven't, you know, lashed out at somebody. Um, but we need to talk like, and it, yeah. it allows us to do that investigation. And, and most of the time what that does, I mean, it's a diffusing of a bomb that will go yeah. off at some point. And so it's, it's super important. And so just the idea of, of being the check engine light for one another, to okay. go in and do that hard work, um, because those are those kind of landmines, those traps, you know, beneath the surface waiting, <laughs> waiting for just a bad day. Um, yeah. just waiting for a little bit further into that and who knows the pain 
will endure or, or cause because of, of that. So don't be afraid to speak up and, and say that. Like, I mean, Jeremy, you're just probably so thankful. For like, thank you for asking that question. It hurt in the moment. So like, but it felt so good too. Right. Yeah, I was just That's sitting right. here thinking like, why, why do we do that? Like, cause it does feel so much better. It's like, okay, the car is fixed. We can go from to the next season or wherever you're going, but why do we shield our hearts so much? Because there is breakthrough that you personally find, but I don't know if there's just like this fear of, I don't even know. What do y'all think? I mean, I, fear is the first word that comes to my mind, you know, what, what else yeah. would y'all say? Like why? Yeah, I I think definitely fear. I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, just going back, like if I just take literally, like when my check engine light comes on, I assume the worst. I assume it's going to be very costly. I assume it's going to yeah. take a long time to fix. It's going to cost me a lot of money. And so like, I'm actually assuming some things that I have no facts to back up. And so I think in those kinds of relational contexts, like I'm like, oh, well, that's going to take a long time. We don't have a long time. The kids have three practices tonight. We've got to make dinner and there's homework. And it's like, we don't really have yeah. time to have that long a conversation. Or, man, I don't want her to be disappointed. Or I don't want him to think something of me that may or may not be true. Or I'm not ready to deal with this. Yet. And so, like, we start assuming some things. And then what happens is we just never get to the reality of that. Because most often the things we worry about aren't things that actually come true, whether it's in this context or something else. Our worries yeah. about tomorrow and the uncertainties are just worries about all the various things we've invented in our mind that could happen or could go wrong. And I don't know what the statistic is. I think I read somewhere that like 90%, 7% of the things we worry about never come to, you know, come to pass. And I think that's really that fear and assumption and worry and anxiety, all of that keeps us from being willing just to dive in and dig into and those think, types of conversations. I think pride and yeah. burdens. Yeah. Like, I think that like none of all of us want to feel like we should be able to like take care of yeah. the things we've been entrusted to take care of yeah. or manage the things. And so I think there's the pride that I should have been able to handle this or I should be yeah. able to handle this. And then I think burden, like you, you don't ever, you're in this together. And so I do think you there for me, I shouldn't indict everybody else. You don't ever want to be a burden. So if I start to unload all of this stuff, now you're heavy from what I was heavy about. It's just better yeah. if I just stay heavy yeah. about it and you stay yeah. in the dark of it. Yeah. So not walking how heavy, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but that's not healthy either because even though I'm trying not to burden him, it, it's created distance or separation or heaviness in me. That's not actually giving him access to all of me. Um, so then it, it does actually even affect our relationship and our communication and our intimacy and all of the things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So good. Yeah. And I like with both of you talking, I thought like, Oh yeah, I'm a people pleaser naturally. So like that, I get that. So I hope everybody listening. And a caretaker too. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. Hurt yeah I hope everybody listening heard like one little word where they can relate to who they are. And yeah. that's so good. So yeah, good. For sure. Well, uh, this has been an awesome uh, conversation and we're going to keep it going for just a little bit longer into our next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope Thank this you. is helping. And we're excited to continue uh, this conversation.